We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. So we've been dealing with a mini-series titled Afrorontes Eyes on the Prize. Afrorontes, as you heard, is the Greek word for focusing your gaze at something such that it is the only thing that you see. And I spent a lot of time, if you have heard the recordings, I sent them out, I sent a text out, you have heard them, you have received them, download them, awesome. Um, last week we, we used a lot of photography um, um, elements to, to, to interpret that. Did it help anybody? And then, you know, I was thinking about it as well. There's something called a viewfinder on the camera. Um, and most times, even cameras that have L- LCD screens now, a professional photographer will still prefer to frame his shot using a viewfinder as opposed to using the LCD screen. And you wonder why. Because it, it en- enhances, it puts in focus what he's about to snap. A nine-inch or six-inch screen will bring a lot of the background and might affect the framing of his shot. By the time he squints his eye into that half-inch lens, he's able to focus more greater on the object of his, of his shot. Does that make sense? Another thing you, you, you notice is that, am I still on? Another thing you notice is that most times he will shut the one eye yes. and squint the, just the one to see. So not just is his field of view focused on the object, his own sight in itself is singled out so that he only sees what he wants to see. That's how we look at Christ. Literally everything has to fade away. That's the word Afrorontes. So we went through um, introduction two weeks ago. We went through um, the first destruction, which is um, the destruction of of frivolities last week. And then we want to go into today the, the destruction of realities. The destruction of realities. And I said that there is a difference between a reality and a tangibility. That something is tangible doesn't mean that it's real. That something is tangible. (laughs) Very, 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 very provocative statement. (laughs) That something is tangible doesn't mean that it is real. Conversely, that something is not tangible or that something is intangible does not make it unreal. That something is real, that something is tangible doesn't make it real. That something is intangible doesn't make it unreal. You got that? That therefore suggests that not everything you see with your eyes is what you're seeing. Sometimes to see what needs to be seen, you need to close your eyes and open your eyes. Sometimes to see properly, you need to close your eyes and open your eyes. The real eyes. So your natural eyes are programmed to see Natural reality. And natural reality 
is false reality. Don't forget our subject is Christ, right? Um, so there is some sight that is blindness, and there's some blindness that is sight. John 9.41, that scripture that I showed the boys the other day, you know. Yeah, read it for me, Nelson. Yeah. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. S-I-N. Go on. But now you say, you see. Therefore, your sin remains with you. So that something is tangible doesn't make it real. That something is intangible doesn't make it unreal. So reality by human definitions can easily be one of the most potent distractions in our ability to see Christ for who he is. And we are, the average African is a realist. The average African. That's why religion has so thrived among us. You know, ah, Africans, it has, it has, you are still here fighting about covering your hair, not covering your hair. The white people that brought you to Christianity have moved on long past that to other more crucial issues. You are still stuck on covering hair, not covering hair, women in the church, women not in the church, what pertains to a man, what pertains to a woman. They have left you long since, left you behind. Why? Because Africans are realists. So please, be, sh- be careful what you call reality. Careful what you call reality. In 2 Kings chapter 6, um, Elisha had already become a terrorist, if you know the story. Elisha had become a terrorist. And um, the Arabian king sent soldiers to go and arrest him. And they get there and they... they encompassed the entire mountain upon which Elisha was leaving. And the servant begins to panic and tells him that there's so many people surrounding them. The armies have come. And, and Elisha says to him, my friend, come down. Do you not know that they that are for us are more than they that are against us? Now, put yourself in the servant's shoes. You look out, you see bazookas, RPGs, you know, armor personnel carriers, you know, Apache helicopters, you know, MiG-4 jet fighters, you know, you see submarines. There's no AK-47, no. AK-47 is 60 years old, you know that, right? And the one Nigerian army is carrying, 60 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, you know, you have sophisticated um, um, weapons lined up, you know, C4 explosives, all over the place, you see, you know, unmanned aerial vehicles, you know, all loaded up to arrest two men. Elisha and his ADC. And you can see these weapons. You can see. And Elisha is telling you, yeah, so it's like me and David. And then I now turn to David and tell him, don't worry. You see me and you like this. The ones that are for us are greater. 
Can you picture it? Apaches, those gunships, drones, jet fighters, armored personnel carriers, tanks, RPGs. And somebody tells you, our own is bigger. <laughs> We're one and a half, they're not up to two. And you're like, nah, I, I, must, must, I stop hallucinating. Can you see what he brought? <laughs> he could see, but he couldn't see. Yes. He couldn't see, but he was convinced he was seeing. He could see, but he couldn't see. He couldn't see, but he was convinced. He was seeing because what he was seeing was his tangible reality. And then Elisha realized there was a problem of what lens he was seeing through. So, so Lord, Lord closed his eyes and opened his eyes. And the moment he shut his eyes and opened his eyes, he saw that the intangible reality far outweighed the tangible reality. And that entire war, if you go and read 2 Corinthians 6, it's fun, was a war of sight. Because the moment this servant's eyes opened, the blindness that was on him before, Elisha transferred it to the army. 2 Kings chapter 6. It was a war of what? Sight. Father, help us to see you. Hmm. Listen, life changes once you see him. Life changes. Life changes once you see him. Second Kings chapter 6 from verse 8 in the New King James. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God, Elisha, had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, that he called his servants and said to them, Would you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants says, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, verse 12. The prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And he was told, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent Apaches, yes, mm -hmm. and armored personal carriers, and the Royal Marines, and the Navy, and the Navy SEALs, yeah, and the stri Commando Strike Force. And they came by night. Check it out. Picture yes. it. They came by night. Stealth mode. Yes. Under the radar. <laughs> Flying low enough to be undetected. But high enough to get to your target. And surrounded the city. For one man. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out. There was an army. Surrounding the city. With horses and chariots. 
And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, we are dead. What shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes, a man that could see. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. So he was seen, but he wasn't seen. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw full stop. So his sawing was not limited to the situation at hand. What he got then was the ability to see. Not just to see horses and chariots. But he saw means at that point he now received the real sight. As a consequence of receiving sight, he saw what Elisha had always seen. He did not receive sight to see the army. (laughs) And he saw, full stop. And he began to see. And what was the first thing to see? The army that they had. Let's proceed. I just wanted to point that out. And he saw, full stop. I love New King James here. It now says, and behold. The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. All around around Elisha. But servant was next to Elisha. Servant Elisha. Army surrounding where? The city. Servant saw and realized that there was army of fire surrounding Elisha. In the natural, there was no distance between servant and Elisha. But in the spiritual, there was such a distance that an army encircled Elisha and the servants could see it. In the natural, Benjamin will preach with me again today. Benjamin was standing next to Nelson. But in the real reality, Between Benjamin and Nelson was an army surrounding Elisha that was far greater than the army surrounding the city of Dothan. What do you see? What do you see? The Lord opened his eyes and he saw. Full stop. Behold, as a consequence of seeing, As a consequence of being able to see the real thing, he saw the army. 18. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike these people, I pray, with blindness. (laughs) And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Elisha said to them, This is not the war, this is not the way, no, this is the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. When they had come to Samaria, then Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And there they were. Inside Samaria. The entire world was a war of sight. What do you see? 
So you can't trust your natural eyes in the things of God. They don't have the capacity to grasp the realities of God in Christ. Ah. Ah. Your natural eyes do not have the optic capacity to grasp the things that are yours of God in Christ. You have to close your eyes and then open your eyes and see. And then you can behold what is yours. Now the army did not arrive there when the servant began to see. The army had been there on demand. On demand. It wasn't when I say, Father, bless this food as I eat it and sanctify it. No, that's not when it happened. It happened on the cross. He said, I will bless your food and your water if you obey me. Deuteronomy 28. If you obey me. I will bless your food and your water. And Jesus came and obeyed him. Romans 5 says, By the disobedience of one man, sin entered and death. Therefore, by the obedience of one man, free gift of life. So God wanted obedience, Jesus gave him. So my food and water is blessed. Because when Jesus obeyed, I obeyed. That's why I'm not bound by the law. I've kept it. I've kept it. So I'm not bound by the law, not because the law is not perfect. Oh, it's perfect and just, Paul says. But because in Christ, I fulfilled it. So now I'm bigger than the law. I'm above the law. He ended it. So one man obeyed for all of us, and so all of us who believe our food and water is blessed. On one occasion. If you want to give thanks as you eat, be my guest. If you don't want to give thanks as you eat, be my guest. Against such, there's no law. Yes. Oh, there's no law. Knock yourself out. You want to fall asleep? Fall asleep. You want to pray before you sleep? Pray before you sleep. No problem. No problem. No. <laughs> Knock yourself out. But you must change how you see. Because to pray to a God that you cannot see and believe that you have endowment for ministry, that's too intangible. That's too intangible. But to, and you sit in front of a man who... Zakata. Hmm. What, 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 what was the one they were saying in, in Uyo? Is it Obodo? <laughs> Obodo. Shake the carriage. Ha! Did you do that in your next life? I'm I'm just I'm just <laughs> Father, forgive them. <laughs> I look funny. Ah, my child, my child, my child, my child, I see. Mm, mm, mm. At that point, you can bring your mother's head. Yes. 
Because you're lost in what is a reality to you because of its tangibility, or so you think. Looking unto Jesus, no, who do I want, who do I want help? You're going to minister somewhere and they tell you just believe that you carry God. He lives on your inside. No, 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 no. This is the mantle that Papa gave me. Mantle. So you, you enter the place with some level of ginger because of a handkerchief. Because Africans are realist. Realist. And realist can never see Christ. That's why religion is so lucrative in Africa. Because realists by natural standards can never apprehend Christ. Ever. Ever. It's more real to you. It's more real. But don't you not know that angels are ministering spirits to heirs of salvation? So the fact that you cannot see an angel, you cannot believe that the angels are there to look after you. You can't believe it. That's why a, a GO carries police. Yes. Yes. GO, police. And the will now quote you, faith without works is dead. That's the scripture they use. Faith without works is dead. They drive bulletproof cars. They carry bodyguards. Some of them wear Kevlar suits. I'm serious. Yeah. There are bishops that wear bulletproof suits. I prophesy over you that this week, the Lord will protect you. Shut, Shut up! up. Shut up! Angels will go before you. You are stupid. Why haven't they gone before you? We, we can't afford bodyguards. Oh, that's why we need Jesus. Because yes. we can't afford police. Do you understand? Yes. We don't have the commissioner of police number. So we, we need angels. Yes. And by God, they never let us down. Yes. But you, you can afford security. So you can pray for us to follow Jesus. And, and you are there. And you are seeing success in ministry as growing to the point where you can afford bodyguards. That's what, that's what we begin to aspire towards. That's why the average African's dream is to get to the point where somebody can call you madam or oga. Sa, ma, mommy, daddy. You're a baby. That's, that's the dream. Everybody wants to sa over somebody. Everybody wants to ma over somebody. Everybody wants to be able to bully somebody. I went to a phone shop today with Esther to make a couple of inquiries and I was asking about a different brand and the guy in charge of this brand called the other person. Hey, Mumu, come answer this thing. Yeah. And she came quietly. And I told Esther, I said, don't get involved. Don't even let your face show that you are, because you know how sometimes you can, your body language can, it's not, it's not, it's not, just leave it. Everybody wants to lord over someone. That's why when we come to the gathering of God's people, we don't want to be disciplined. So we begin to aspire to the wrong things. To lord over someone. 
that becomes the aspiration. Because reality, tangibility for us has become reality. The one you can touch now. The one you can use now. That's how what cost Esau his birthright. So cost him his birthright. And so to see Jesus, we must close our eyes and open our eyes. And by the time you open those eyes, you will see. And there is only one object your real eyes can see. Christ. So if you are seeing other things right now, you are using the wrong set of eyes. Because your real eyes are only capable of one object in your field of view. Christ and him crucified. Foolishness to the Gentiles. Stumbling block to the Jews. But to us, the same thing that is foolishness to them is to us the wisdom and the power of God. Can you imagine? To somebody is foolishness. To somebody is a stumbling block. To us is wisdom and power. Yeah. It's a question of sight. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. It's a question of sight. Same thing. Same, not, this is not the same difference. This is a difference difference. <laughs> it's a question of sight. In Matthew 14, I talked about this two, three weeks ago. Jesus is sent, them up, sent his disciples across and he comes to them walking on water. Matthew 14, 28 downwards. The storms are raging. The winds and the waves are boisterous. Jesus starts to come to them walking on the water. Their reality was winds and waves on the one hand. Their reality was ghosts on the other hand. If you read the, the context of it. Jesus is coming on water it couldn't possibly be Jesus. We left him now. Jesus that we sleep with. We eat with. We go and buy food for when he's hungry. Come back and meet him talking to a woman. We crack jokes with him. We met him in his house by the sea. Capano. Walking on water this deep. Cannot. Let's resort to a more acceptable reality. Spirit. It's a spirit. It's a ghost. And Jesus calls out to them and says, Be of good cheer, is I. Peter says, hey, Is you? Nice. Now ask me to come to you, not in any other fashion but walking in water. Jesus says, come. And listen, if God has called you to something, this is it, by the way, if God has called you to something, in the calling is the grace to perfect it. Don't wait for God to give you equipment after he called you. The calling comes with equipment. That was for free. Don't wait for God to equip you 
when he calls you, like, okay, you have answered the call. Oh. Now give me what you are, I'm going to use to do it. Give me, you are praying for grace? No, no, you have grace. He is grace. In every instruction God gives you is the ability to do it. I repeat, in every instruction God gives you is the ability you need to carry it out. In the same vein, we apply that in leadership in church. If I say to you, Nelson, you are speaking on Tuesday evening. You don't need to go and pray for grace. In the you aligning yourself to the instruction I gave you, grace was released for that assignment. So Jesus did not need to tell Peter, okay, come, get on the water. Water, become solid for Peter. Peter, now you can get up and you can stand on the water and you can follow. Jesus simply said, come. And in that instruction, all the elements of nature were commanded to align with the instruction in favor of Peter. Jesus did not need to tell them what to do. <laughs> is anybody getting this? He didn't to tell the water, okay, so Peter is coming, you know. That's why I've told you many times, maybe you sit there waiting for God to send you an email. Dear Cecilia, dear Cecilia, I know I've told you to do this, but this is now what you're now going to do. Six steps, he doesn't respond to you the way your prophet has trained you. He doesn't respond to you the way your Jew has programmed you. He says, come! Where did you see him command the water to become wine? Pour, pour water in the thing. Fetch it out, go and give. It's, 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 it's Christ. It's Christ. Ability is defined in Christ. He defines ability. He's not just able. He is the yardstick of ability. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the yardstick of ability. So do something. You know, once or twice he explained a few times to a few people like Mary who says, how, how shall these things be? See, I know not a man. Okay, okay, you know what? The Holy Spirit will get you pregnant. Even that didn't make much sense to her. <laughs> You're gonna get knocked up by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know what that means? <laughs> How? But in the in the instruction is released the ability to carry it out. Don't sit down there and be waiting for the heaven to open. You're looking for one million for business. In three years, if you sit down and calculate how much money has passed your hand, more than one million has passed your hand. Yes. It didn't come as one million. It came in bits. But because you were not seen properly, it came for the business you thought it was for phone. It came for the business you thought it was for shoe because it was 10,000, not one million. It came for 5,000, you thought it was for hair. It's not, it's not enough for phone. It's not enough for the business. It's not enough. And you trickle away heaven's supply for your vision. I'd rather burn out spending every day putting resources faithfully towards what I know I'm called into than to sit down and be waiting for somebody. No, that's how we get along, those of you know. Day after day, day after day. We keep pushing. Keep pushing. One five, double gang socket. We know. <laughs> we know how much. Six thousand, 
half inch ply board, we know how much. 9,000, one inch ply board, we know how much. Every day we're pushing. We are waiting for supernatural. So it's just open, Father, bang, give me miracle money. You're watching too much film. Too much, watching too much. Too much. Because it will not happen like that. But because he gave you, you, you haven't done anything. You're sitting down. You're sitting down. Sitting down. But the moment he said, get up and go. Go. Jesus tells them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Death. Lepers. That's a death sentence. Because the leper, the priest is the one that declares you clean or unclean. And if unclean, you're going to die outside the camp. So it wasn't go and show yourself to the priest because you'll be made whole. Is you know that you're going to die. Go and die. But here's what the next verse says. And as they went. By the time they got to the priest, they were clean. So if it tells you to do something, do it. Don't think about how. Start it. Start it. Because of what we see with our real eyes. Because the things that we see are temporal. And temporal. Oh, I would, have, I, would have, I would have read my Bible more. I would have prayed more. I would have come to church more. It's just this my job. It's just this my school. And when we say that, listen, if you see, if you, if you see Jesus, nothing else will matter. Yes. Not husband, not wife. I've said over and over, some of you married folks were not here, when you have, we have heard them tell us that your marriage is your first ministry, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not scriptural. It's a lie. Your marriage is your first ministry, your family comes first. No, sir. No, sir. The blood that's flowing in your veins that binds you to your wife and children is inferior to the blood of Christ that flows in all of our veins. We are superior to you. Did you hear what I said? Yes. We are superior to you. Now it sounds far-fetched because we are seeing with the wrong lenses. Yes. That's the problem. Our reality is so binding that it has become a distraction. And in some cases, a justifiable distraction. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, let's go there. That was just by the way, just came to my, just came to my heart now. Is anybody getting anything? First uh, Corinthians seven. Hmm. First Corinthians seven. I'll go from verse three for for time's sake. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her, and likewise also the wife. First Corinthians. I beg your pardon. First Corinthians seven. Was that the first thing I said? Yes. Okay. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Amen? Amen. Husbands are like, honey, do you hear that? <laughs> I have authority over your body. Praise God. Just, I'm very imaginative. Imagine that there have been sexual issues in the house. And then they have a bath at night and the husband comes in tiny towel. Says, honey, turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. <laughs> the Bible says, 
that the wife does not have authority over her own body. But the husband does. The wife will now say, also, see the B part of that verse. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Five, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. And come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Six, but I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. For I wish that all men were even as myself. How was he? Single and celibate. But each one has his own gift from God. So marriage is a gift. And singlehood and celibacy is a gift. If you don't have it, go and marry. If you can stay single, it's not from your village that it cost you. Is it in your Bible? Yes. For I wish that all men were as myself, but each one has his own what? Gift. One in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am, celibate and single. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Can you see that? Let's go to further in the same in the same chapter. Where is it now? Same chapter seven, verse twenty-nine. For time's sake, first Corinthians seven, twenty-nine. Is first Corinthians New Testament? Is first Corinthians New Testament? Yes. Is it Paul speaking? Yes. Okay, just to remind us. There's no Moses that's speaking. <laughs> First Corinthians 7, 29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. So that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they do not weep. Those who rejoice as though they do not rejoice. Those who buy as though they do not possess. And those who use this world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is passing away. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord. Some people have never seen this in the Bible before. How he may please the Lord. NLT, please, before we proceed. Or TLB, any of them. Yes, read it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. In everything you do, I want to be free from the concerns of this life. And a married man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. Go on, 33. But a married man can't do that so well. He has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. Go on to 34. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be more devoted to the Lord in body and in spirit. Why are the married woman must be concerned about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband? Stop there.
You see how quiet the room is? Do you believe the word? <laughs> so we're not saying don't marry. Paul doesn't say that. In earlier verses, he said if you're married, you're not married. Because that ice is a different ice. Yes. The tangibility of your marriage to your wife is not the reality of your work with God. That's what it, you understand? So you're married, but you're not married. Do, do, do you get it? <laughs> in, in, exactly. Because that's a reality that you can't see. And that's why, oh, Holy Spirit, that's why in the old covenant, before the cross, of which there was a type and shadow, a man could marry from the same clan. Because they were singled out as the people of God. So Moses' father was from the tribe of Levi. Moses' mother was from the tribe of Levi. And it was not considered incest. Because it was one kingdom, one people. Like we are now. So we're not saying don't marry. But you cannot make marriage an excuse for not seeing Christ. So marriage cannot be your first ministry, sir. It cannot. It cannot. Family cannot be your first ministry. When Jesus is telling them to leave family and follow him. Why did he turn it on his head? Oh, a, a bishop must be able to rule his house well. Yes, it doesn't say a bishop must be married. But if he's married, let him have one wife. It doesn't say a bishop must be married. The point here is that nothing impairs your sight of Christ. Otherwise, you married wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And by God, fix it or fix it. And that's all I'm going to say. And I'm speaking from my experience. Fix it or fix it. If you are not married and the brother has already become God to you. Sister, I'm sorry for you. Or vice versa. If he stands in the way, it has become Antichrist. Remember? Yeah. Yes, last week. Instead of. Now, what is the reality? It's what you see. It's what you're in. Ah, now person wearing wear the cap. Now you know the thing is scratching. Yes, agreed. But you're seeing with the wrong lenses. Close your eyes and open your eyes. That's why a man that sees Christ will never stand and say, I am the head of this house. You don't see Christ. A woman that sees Christ will not say, And you call yourself a man. She doesn't see Christ. It's very easy. It all boils down to Christ. Yeah. Being seen. End of story. Woman, I am the head of... You have lost your authority. You have none. So we talk about these things. I know it's not popular. I know. I know it's not popular. I know it's hard meat. I know. But we're going to teach it. 
even if it kills us. And some of you know my story. I'm talking from experience. Painful, still raw in many respects. But if he's the prize with a Z, then there's no price too big to pay. No. None. None. He says, come, come. That's why I've said over and over to young people, it is easier to fit your spouse into your call than it is to fit your call into your spouse. It is easier to fit your spouse into your call than to fit your call into your spouse. It's easier to let your assignment inform your choice of life partner than to try and conform your life partner to your assignment. You might never succeed. I can teach about this for a whole... This, this, I, can teach, I can do a series on, on this. I can do a series on this. You, you might never succeed. It's easier, people, I mean, think about it, people get bom- bom- married, unbelievers, they love each other, you know, they are going to the clubs together, you know, and then one of them gets born again first. There's a struggle, 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 the other one eventually gets born again, right? They're both working class, have jobs, doctor, pharmacist, whatever, and then all of a sudden one senses the call to ministry. Trouble starts. Me, I didn't marry pastor. I'm speaking from experience. I didn't marry pastor. I mean... I didn't plan in my life that I was going to be pastor's wife. Or I didn't, me, I didn't think that my wife was going to be Nandi pastor, Nandi my pastor. And the chaos begins. And work is growing, but there's friction. Because they're now trying to fit the call into spouse. That's where purpose comes in. Finding purpose. Because every decision you take in life should be influenced by your knowledge of purpose. So we see Christ. In John 6, we shared a few weeks ago, I showed you a story of where the same thing, they were crossing after feeding the 5,000 to Capernaum, a journey of about eight miles. They were about halfway. Jesus appears to them. And as soon as he entered the boat, they were immediately where they were going. So from their natural eyes, they had another four miles to row. Yeah. But from their real eyes, they were already there. As soon as Jesus arrived, they arrived. So there's stuff that we can only comprehend about Christ with our spiritual eyes. And those eyes are more real than our natural eyes. Colossians chapter 2, you saw that... Uh, who read that yesterday? Was it Nelson? Yeah, Nelson. And somebody reiterated it as well. Afterwards, Victoria, yeah. You know, how the things that happened in the old covenant were types and shadows, but the reality is Christ. So we cannot see him, as it were, but he is the reality. And what we can see, according to 2 Corinthians 4, is the abstract, is the mirage. So we cannot build mirage as reality. You will not always have your current job. You will not always be your current size. There's nobody here who hasn't changed the dress size since they were born. Or even since you convinced yourself you have stopped growing. 
You know, some of you stopped growing up and started growing out. The Lord began to enlarge your coast. Like Jabez. Enlarge your territory. And you don't wake up insisting you must fit into the dress of three years ago. But human reality is fleeting. F-L-E-E-T-I-N-G. It's fleeting. So do not be distracted by your reality. Like she said, like Favor said, you're sick. You can see it. I'm telling you, you are not sick. I've done some of you here before. You'll be arguing with me that, but Pav, I'm sick. I'm coughing. I can see. But I can see. Do you understand? But I've not paid my rent. Newsflash, my own rent for this house is due. It has not been paid. You people will not pay it, I know. But it is paid. Because I see what I see. Are you following me? You're going through hell and high water. It doesn't look like it's working. And so you begin to change how you see. No. Just see. Stop seeing and start seeing. To see. Because he's all there is in that field of view. He's all there is. Don't let the realities distract you. Hebrews 9. From verse 6, for, for context, Hebrews 9, 6. Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle, concerned only with food and drinks, various washings, and fleshy ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. See verse 11. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is, not of this creation. It's saying that Christ is our reality, but you're seeing here that the tabernacle that is perfect is not made with hands and is not seen in this creation. So the intangible becomes more real. Do you understand? Do you see why the law guys struggle with it? Because there was a physical tabernacle. There was physical fire. There was physical lampstand. There was physical effort. There was physical law. Physical ark. Physical shaikaina. Remember? Yeah. In between the mercy seat, yes. the two cherubims with the golden tips that touched, made out of one beaten gold. There was incense that burned. Yeah? There's fire that thundered from heaven. There was loud voices they could hear. Talk to me, people. There was people falling dead. Touching an unclean thing. There was the mountains shaking. And you, you say all of that reality is a mirage. And the real reality, we cannot see it. Where's the fire? Where's the Shekinah? Where's the glory? Where's the tabernacle? Inside me, I am temple. No, give me a church building. 
I am altar fire. No, no, give me altar where I can lie down and pray and God can hear me. I am perfect. No, 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 no. Give me something I can do and touch. Tell, tell me seven prayers I can pray. Give me three different kinds of seeds I can sow. Give me a pot I can go and break out. Give me a picture I can go and burn. You can't tell me that I just, I just believe and I'm delivered. No, don't give me that nonsense. Goes back to where I started. About. So, so I just believe and that's it. The breeze doesn't blow differently because you got born again. You know what I mean? You just, you just believe. The sun didn't st- suddenly start shining brighter because the Bible says it causes the sun shine on both the just and the unjust. So the sun doesn't shine differently because you're born again. You mean that's it? No fire? No mountain? No, that's why they are struggling with this thing. That's why we need to go to a mountain to still pray. So that means you have a shortcut from that mountain to God. They brought the water from Israel. So what? No, seriously, so what? It's fresh from the olives of Israel. So what? The holy land. No, the holy land. We are the holy land. You are a chosen generation, a royal priest, a holy nation. You. So the nation is not, no, no longer a place. It's a people. Yes. No, 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 but we don't want that because that is an intangibility. We can't see it. We want the one we can see. I started by telling you the Africans are realists. And that's why religion thrives among us. Because we don't want to stop seeing what we see and start seeing what ordinarily cannot be seen. For the things that are seen, temporal. The things that are not seen are eternal. Please, take your eyes off what you can see. You are not your school. You are not your job. You are not your marriage. You are not your parenthood. You are not your tribe. You are not your lack. You are not your sickness. You know that my headache that comes every December. You are not your sickness. You are not your period pain. And I know as the month begins to approach, you start to, 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 to become panicky. You start to get ready for it. Ah, you know how it is but for me. Five days. The first three days are usually horrible. And so you begin to line up for it. Until you see that I am not it. You will continue to be it. That's the fight, good fight of faith. It's not fight against principalities and powers and witches and wizards. And wizards. It's the fight of faith in your mind. To see it how he sees it, not how reality suggests it to you. Is anybody hearing me tonight? See him and refuse it. What, going, what are you going through, man? Spirit pains, don't worry, I, I got it. It's going. It, it can go. It can go. It was paid for too. Speak. You're going through stuff and you don't have any money and you're, you're feeling the pressure. Just stop seeing and start seeing. Everybody's going to university. You're not going in and you're like, everybody, they're looking at you and they're like, you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Christ on display, Christ on display, Christ on display. You tell them, keep watching. Because you see what they don't see. And because of what you see that they don't see, you are not mates <laughs> in the scheme of things. Do you understand? We are all sons. We are not mates. 
I see different. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah. I see different. And so don't be apologetic for seeing different. Don't. Don't. Stand your ground. Close your eyes. And then open your eyes. And see. But we see Jesus. That's nothing. Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you except Christ. And him crucified. Do you want to pray a prayer tonight? Say, Father, open my eyes. Just pray that prayer. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Shut the eyes that we're using to see and open my eyes. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.